Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. Good evening, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic, and welcome to this week's show. It's the Memorial Day weekend. We want to wish you and yours a enjoyable weekend. Take the time off. If you know anyone in your family or your circles that have served in the military, give them a handshake, a hug, tell them thanks a lot for your efforts. As always, Thursday nights, new content drops. Visit the MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll see a drop-down box with some past episodes. Last couple weeks, we've been doing, uh, let's see, last week was European Metal, Metal Forever Mark, and Show Correspondent Exciter. It was, a good, it was a good talk, talking about the European Metal and what goes on over there. Two weeks ago, James Rivera of Hellstar, uh, Mike Schlebaum of Darkest Hour was a couple weeks ago. So all through May, we've been doing, calling it uh, Heavy Metal May, and we've been doing a little bit with uh, some other bands, just exposing the audience on some of this other stuff that older bands and newer bands. Tonight, we have Jarvis Letherby. Now, Jarvis fronts his own band called Night Demon. They, they've been around for about 10, 15 years, but he also has a record company, and he was instrumental in getting... 80s rockers Sirith Ungle back together and Sirith Ungle uh, has a new album dropping tomorrow called Half Past Human. Now Jarvis plays bass with uh, Sirith Ungle too and like I mentioned he was instrumental in getting the band uh, essentially they haven't played together in 25 years got them back together and this band's really popular over in this European atmosphere of metal. It's pretty cool. The new wave of traditional heavy metal scene. That's what they're calling it. And it's bands like um, Enforcer and Night Demon and Bullet. And some of these other bands, They, th- th- it's a really good stuff. If you do a quick Google search, you'll see a list of these bands. Me and show producer uh, Southern Cal caught up with Jarvis, and it's a, it's a great uh, talk. We talk about the band both Sirithungal and Night Demon. And he also shares a cool story about how he was able to play with uh, one of his idols, Yuli Roth of the old Scorpions um, chapter, the 70s. Yuli Roth, they played together in a, a couple dates in Europe. So that's what's on tap for tonight. Uh, next week, we have Mike Gilbert of Flotsam and Jetsam. They have a brand new album dropping on the 4th, and Southern Cal and I caught up with them, and the album is Blood in the Water. They've had a few tracks that are getting a lot of spins and a lot of downloads and views on YouTube. So that new album's coming out. So next week, Michael Gilbert of Flotsam and Jetsam. Let's sample a little bit of this song called Brutus Manchild. This is Sirith Ungle, Half Past Human. I'm the Vernomatic, Metal Mayhem ROC.
Hey, friends of the Metal Mayhem ROC podcast, Vernomatic here, inviting you to get those horns up and to join us live Monday night, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time for Metal Mayhem ROC Live. We crack the vaults open and play the best of the metal from the last 50 years. Get in the chat room, meet other bangers from around the world, send me a request, and I'll get it on for you. That's Metal Mayhem ROC Live with me, the Vernomatic, Monday nights, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on netmetalstation.com. Now get that popcorn ready and grab a seat. Do it! As the Vernomatic presents this week's feature interview exclusively here on Metal Mayhem ROC. So today we have on the phone from Sirithungal, Night Demon, and countless other projects, Jarvis Letherby. Hey Jarvis, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, um... We have on the line from Melbourne, Florida, show producer uh, Southern Kale. Thanks for joining us today, Jarvis. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. So the band came out of hibernation. You woke them up, and Sirith Uncle is back with a new album dropping tomorrow. Tell us a quick history of how you got involved with the band and get us up to speed with 2021. Yeah, um, I mean, I grew up in uh, Southern California, Ventura, Ventura to be exact, and um, Sirithungal was just the only other real, real like heavy metal band that ever made it out, and um, their name has been kind of kicking around my whole life. So locally, just as part of my legacy, um, I was a little too young to see the band before they broke up in '92, uh, but I had become friends with them. Uh, probably about a decade before the band reunited in 2016. So I had spent a lot of time trying to reunite the band, and it was just something that they were not interested in. They had pretty much written off the music industry altogether and had a you know a big sob story about the whole thing, like like many people from the 70s and 80s do, you know. Uh, but it was really uh, in my main band, Night Demon, um, us touring the world and doing a lot of great things with heavy metal, they kind of saw what we were doing and were kind of like, Hey, okay, well maybe there is, maybe there is a scene for this now, you know? And they started to notice that a lot of, a lot of younger people were into the band and a whole new generation of fans, as opposed to, you know, the, the 20 plus years that they spent while the band was active, they really got, no traction they never toured or or anything like that but you know the a sleeping giant must be awoken you know um but as as history proves you know so that's that's that it's a very long story but that's the gist of it so when the when uh the big metal movement of the 80s exploded safe to say sirith sort of missed that wave and they sort of hung on for a little bit and then they were dormant for 20 25 years in, in your uh, estimation, what's the difference after the long break w- um, with the music? They're still picked up where they left off? Because- well, I would say no. Like, like <laughs> there's a, it's not like riding a bike, you know? I think, um, you know, a lot of those guys, like Rob the drummer, I mean, he, he when he quit in 92, I mean, he, he sold all the band equipment and, swore he would never touch a pair of drumsticks again and he didn't until 25 years later you know and 
And when I when I finally got him back behind the kit, you know, it was a ouch. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> I always say it was like it was like uh, like I left the room and let him play for like an hour and. It sounded like animal from the Muppets, you know, (laughs) like just, uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, and those guys weren't really doing music at all in the interim. It's not like they went on other bands or played even for fun or in a bar band or a weekend party band or anything like that. So, uh, Greg did some stuff, but for the most part, no, they weren't playing out. Um, but, and musically, you know, when you talk about new material, I mean, uh, you know, the band had their comeback album last year called Forever Black. So that was the first album in 29 years. And, you know, that, that, took, that took about three years to get together. And, you know, that was mainly my fault. I mean, I tried, to, I tried to get them to not do it for the longest time just because, you know, I mean, my job is like the manager of the band and all, I guess, you know, I'm the bass player by default, but really I'm the manager of the band and, and my job is to protect the legacy of the band. You know, they had four studio albums out and they were all good and that that's built on that legacy and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but, you know, obviously artists want to get creative and make new music and they think they could do that. And yeah, I don't know. I've just seen a lot of bands try and recapture the magic decades later. And it just, it's, it's really, you know, nine out of 10 times, it's a big miss. So, um, uh, you know, I just didn't have a lot of confidence in, in them to be honest. Um, but, uh, when, when the song started to come together and that, then I was like, okay, like this, you know, this could, this is something really good. Like, you know, this, they definitely, you know, it was no not, nothing to their discredit, but I mean, just given the circumstances, oh, you know, sure. and and what and what history has proven already to me, you know, with with really great bands. So, but they, you know, we we had a good outing with that, um, and it did really well, and it cracked the top ten in the German charts, and was on the Billboard 200 for a couple of weeks, and you know, it did really well. Um, this what we're putting out now is is an EP. Um, so it's just a four song EP of songs that these guys wrote in the seventies that were never heard. And we, we just reimagined them for today and went into a studio and reworked a couple things and recorded them, but it's basically old new stock, you know? So it's pretty cool because, you know, like when Van Halen came back and did that record with Roth, they had like a handful of songs from the, from the old days. Uh, I know Angel Witch on their comeback record uh, about six or seven years ago kind of had the same thing. Um, and here we are, you know, so we, we have, we have the same thing happening, which is really cool because you can't, I mean, even with forever black, the comeback album, it's, it's serothungal for sure, but it's definitely, you know, there's nothing like, you know, when you wrote a song, when you were in junior high in 1974 or something, it's not like writing a song when you're 62 in 2017, you know? So that's what it is. That's yeah. the unfortunate thing. People are always down on a band. It's like, well, you know, why can't you write something like the first album? But like to your point, you can't write something when you're a kid, when you're an adult. So it's just you're just a different person, you know. So, um, but yeah, I you know I've been fortunate that these, you know, I'm I'm kind of like the the final stop when it comes to stuff getting released, I, I would say, you know, uh, but I try not to mess around too much with, with the creative input until it's needed. You know, I would like to see what they do on their own there. So, um, but it's, it's, it's funny. I always kind of refer to them as they, 
you know, I'm totally in the band and I, and I manage the band as well. You know, I'm, 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 a, I'm like one of the biggest pieces of the band, I guess you could say, but, uh, I just, I'm still a fan, you know, and I'm still not an original member and I'm still, even though I'm the purveyor and the protector, I still refer to them as the mighty Sirith Ungle, you know, and I'm just, I'm just a cog in that wheel, you know? Well, let me ask you, even with all the, uh, the problems with the COVID going on, I know a lot of the States, um, are a little different down here in Florida. It's, uh, it's almost like we're wide, wide open again and we're, they're getting ready to actually, there have already been a concerts, um, no big names or anything, but live shows nonetheless, um, are there any plans, if possible, to get to that point where a band can go out and, and be profitable on the road touring? Um, any plans for Surath Ungle to hit the road? Yeah, well, you know, so this is an interesting story. The band has never toured in their entire career. They've never gone on tour. Uh, they've just, you know, it's kind of funny. They started the band in 72, and from 72 to 92, they only played regionally in Southern California, and they played one show in Mexico City that they were flown down to do in 1982. Other than that, it's all regional California stuff. Their records were widely distributed all over the world, but they never got it together to travel anywhere and play. Uh, so that's why, hence the international fans that have been brewing for decades, right? So that's so since the band reunited in 2016, I'm not sure the amount of shows, but I think we've done. I've probably 20 shows since then, I want to say. And we've done shows like in New York, Baltimore, Chicago, Texas, Vegas, uh, California, Germany a handful of times, Finland, um, Italy, Greece. You know, I mean, like we've been around um, and that's kind of what they do now. It's a one-off thing for the band. They, they, they headline a lot of smaller festivals and they're a mid-level band on a lot of bigger festivals. And that's the that's still the MO of the band. This band will basically never tour. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting, right? You hear about like a band like this for the next year's their 50th anniversary. You know, they've never toured, they probably never will. So we have a potential booking at the MGM in Vegas um, on Halloween weekend uh, coming up here. Uh, but we're waiting to hear back about that. We have an offer. Um, you know, our guys want to get vaccinated because they're in their mid sixties. Um, and I think most of them have already done that. Uh, one of the guitar players did get COVID, uh, pretty bad, but you know, I mean, I, it's a weird thing. I, I don't want to get too political about it. I mean, I, I see there's a lot of really crazy, stupid things happening with this. And I think a lot of it, I'm not going to say that people that it's not real. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, there's a lot of fear tactics used with the media and with the government to divide and conquer. And it's working. And a lot of people have a difference of opinion and the public are like fighting each other on it, and they really shouldn't be. And it's a big problem. And so for touring, if you want to talk about actual touring, like Night Demon is a touring band. We've done over 400 shows in the last six years pre-COVID. So oh, I'm sorry, 600 shows in the last four years pre-COVID. I flipped that around. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, like touring, I mean, we've decided to not, to, Night Team is not going to tour until April 2022. We've pushed everything back another full year. It sucks for us. But, you know, think about it this way. 
like, I guess this is the long answer to your question. Um, if you're going to go to Florida where everything's fine, it's no problem, you know, but there's 48 other states that are 47 other states that are connected. Right. So you may go up, you may go up to Georgia and they may have a whole different set of rules. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when you're in a traveling circus, you know, you never had the problem in, in the States before, right? Like, I mean, like you're allowed to travel through borders unharassed and, and everybody kind of, even though States have their own laws, there's never, it's anything crazy about it. Right. So we don't know now, you know, and we would rather just wait because, you know, we don't want to play in Florida to anybody can come and there's no social distancing and all that. And then you go to the next state and there, you know, somebody might be told, Hey, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come to the show. Well, that segregates our fans that that choose to not do that, you know? So I'm not telling anybody to do it or not. I'm just saying we don't want to divide our fans because the, the, the country and the world has already been divided by the, by the powers that be. We're not oh, going to add to that. We're not going to add to that, right? So, so we, w- we would rather just wait until – Everybody can come and everybody can make up their own mind and do what they want to do and not feel that bands are going out there and just saying, hey, you know, we got to we have to play. We have to make a living. Yeah, I mean, we do. But there's bigger things at stake here. And I'm looking at the long term of things versus like I got to go out and play a gig to make some money. You know, it's the quality of what you're doing is much more important to the grand scheme of life and your legacy than than what's happening you know, just right now. So the general consensus of uh, many of the bands that we've interviewed recently about not wanting to go out on the road until they can do it the right way, not bringing like half of a show out or going to this state or here. They're just, I think a lot of bands are just want to wait until they can, like I said, they can do it the right way and everybody can enjoy the show. Yeah. Like nasty savage did a show right away and like it looked cool. Deicide is leaving Florida to tour the whole country. You know, I mean, I have nothing against people that want to go and do this. I'm just saying it's a personal thing. Like we, we really value the people that come to our shows, man. And once you, once you make a stance like that, like it really does, you really, it really does. People are so easily offended nowadays anyway. You know, it's like, we don't need any, any more of that. So. I don't think I don't yeah. think there's a, a disease out there that could get the better of nasty Ronnie in any way. <laughs> yeah, it's good. wise words. I yeah. sort of make the analogy with the reopening of shows sort of like like if you were to get into a pool. You, you walk down the steps, you go slowly, then you dip in. Then next thing you know, you're in the deep end. Yeah, I mean, look, though, I mean, so, like, yeah, one-off events are already kicking off, and festivals are starting to, but it's a, it's a double-edged sword because most festivals draw more people than a touring show, so how does that make sense, right? Like, social distancing is impossible. It's never going to happen. It doesn't work anyway. It's 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 just a big joke, and for people to say that they're going to be able to enforce that at a gig, they're dead wrong, and it's, not, it's never going to happen, and it shouldn't, so... Um, it's either for me, it's like, we're on or we're off, you know? I mean, that's, that's it. Like if I got to wait it out, I will, but like, you're right. There will be a progression like that, but 
there's a lot of collateral damage that happens in between then that I don't want any part of. Sure. Personally. Personally. We're talking with Jarvis Letherby uh, from Sirathungal, Night Demon. He's here today telling us about the Half Pass Human release by Sirathungal. Comes out tomorrow, the, the uh, 28th of May. Uh, Jarvis, we have a show segment here on Metal Mayhem ROC called the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Now, on this fun segment, we always ask our guests, we like talking a little metal. So, in your opinion, can I get your your Mount Rushmore of top Sirith Ungle songs from their catalog? Oh, crap. Okay, so that would be four then? Yeah, Mount Rushmore, like, top four. Right? Four heads, right? Okay, cool. Okay, just making sure. Uh, that's tough. I'm going to say Join the Legion. Um off their uh, fourth album, Paradise Lost, the opening track on that. Uh, definitely. I'm going to say, oh, this is so hard, man. Or or the, or your favorites that you like playing live, let's say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go with Join the Legion. I'm going to go with um, Adam Smasher off King of the Dead, their second album. You know, every, every song off on that album is a classic. Um, I'm going to go with the title track king of the dead on that and i think i'm gonna go off of um hmm, one foot in hell their third album that that's probably actually well it is their least popular record it's their it's their lowest selling record at sonically it suffers from a lot like it just it's just not a good sounding record at, but there's a lot of really, 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 really great material on that record. And we find ourselves playing that like a, more and more every year, playing more songs off that record. Uh, so I think that record, I think fans should really revisit that record, the One Foot in Hell record. But I'm going to say uh, Chaos Descends on that record is a really good kind of uh, doomy song off that. So that that would be today. That's my that's my top four. Seeing that you're digging some of the Sirith Ungle and are you're a fan of the old stuff what other bands from that era did you particularly you know get into well i mean like i was i, I grew up on like metallica made in van halen and the scorpions i mean that was kind of you know i mean anthrax slayer acdc you know all the big guys mm-hmm. but those were really the bands that were accessible to me i was born in 1981 so i was born when frost and fire came oh. out and uh, you know, I, this is, you know, pre-internet, you know, when I was coming of age around, you know, around like 1990, 91, I was like nine, 10 years old. It's when I really started playing music and really getting into hard rock and punk rock and metal. And, you know, it's like you see Metallica on MTV and you're like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I want to do that. Even like the Black Album, you hear, you see the Enter Sandman video at that age and you hear that guitar tone. You're like, What? You know, so all all roads, they were kind of the gateway to everything, you know, and all you had to do was just, you know, from there, it's like, wow, you start discovering the back catalog. And it's like, wow, OK, these guys were, were really good. Oh, you know? sure. And and then all the bands that they covered, you know, then I started getting into the new wave of British heavy metal. And that is probably like my favorite subgenre of metal is, is the new wave of British heavy metal. And like I still 
spend most of my time listening to all that stuff from like 79 to 83 all those british bands raven um, tigers of panting oh totally i heard you mention angel witch earlier are you a fan of that band yeah, absolutely. I, actually, my label Iron Grip is reissuing their first record uh, this summer. So, um, and Night Demons played with them quite a few times. Like, they're one of my favorite bands of all time, and it's really cool to be involved with them in that level. Now, um, I also manage the uh, the band from Newcastle, Satan. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I've I've been managing that band for a few years, um, and so yeah, I've got my hand in it. I've also I'm also the live vocalist for the new wave of British heavy metal band Jaguar. I've been singing with them since 2016. So it's just kind of weird. I just kind of like years later, you know, I'm friends with the, with the guys in diamond head and like, it's just the whole thing is just trippy to just to be involved on that level with some of these guys now. And it's really, it's really an honor. You know, some days I'm kind of like, wow, is this really, this really going on? You know? So uh, it's really cool, man. Like that's, that's the, that's what I identify with the most. And I see why Metallica and bands like that were so influenced by that scene. And it really did a lot for me musically, you know, and still does. Yeah. Kevin Hayborn, Kevin Hayborn and Angel, which were a, a big influence in the direction I took with the, uh, heavy metal scene. Really? Like, you know, that first record, especially, right. You know, I mean, um, that, that's pretty much all there was. I mean, screaming and bleeding and stuff, but like, it's just, yeah. I mean that, that, that self-titled album is just, there's something about it from front to back. It's it, to me, it's one of the, it's one of the, it's, it's in my top 10 favorite albums of all time of any genre, you know? Oh so, yeah. It's definitely uh, yeah. I'm on a desert Island and I can have five right? albums for sure. Yeah, that's one. Right? I still, I listened to it the other day. I mean, like I said, my label's doing a reissue of it, but I just let's do it the other day just because I wanted to hear it, you know. So it's like it's still I can still get into it. And know? um, we have a live radio show. I do uh, Metal Mayhem live on thatmetalstation.com. And the other night I did a block, and we had White Witch and Atlantis in the set, along with you know a double shot of Witchfinder General from the Death Penalty. You know, and, you know, all those guys, maybe, you know what, uh, Jarvis, maybe you're our contact because I have sent requests out to Kevin several times about getting him on the show along with, um, I know they're not active anymore, but Witchfinder General, Zeb, and. That could definitely help out with Angel Witch Connection for sure. Um, the last few records they put out are solid, man. So Angel of Light and As Above, So Below. Check those out. Uh, you'll be happy with them. They're really good. Those two and the first record, it's it's a uh, it's really good. Um, as far as Witchfinder, you know, uh, without getting too deep into the legal ramifications of it, because I'm really not sure, and you hate to you hate to accuse people of things, but you know, there was some really heavy legal stuff going on with with the, a member of that band with the singer of that mm -hmm. band, and you know, it involves. Uh, uh, some pretty, some heavy stuff, man. I'll just say that, that like, uh, it's not cool. And, uh, the, it, those guys are virtually impossible to reach, you know? And, and yeah, that's going to be, that one's going to be a little bit tougher. I heard know? there, so. I heard there was drama and they have a website, but uh, there's not much activity, but I figured that much. 
Uh, circling back, you mentioned the Scorpions. I saw that you, on one of the uh, Night Demons live albums, you did a track with Yuli Roth. How did that come about? Yeah, we actually, so we were in, it was uh, March of 2019. We were headlining our first like big festival in, in Germany called the Hell Over Hammerberg Fest. And we were, it was the show had sold out. And it was at this really big venue, this legendary venue called the Markthalle. And like everybody had played there. It's been there for decades. You know, Scorps played there with when Uli was in the band um, and even after. Um, and so we were doing this version of In Trance for a while. And we had done it at a, at a, the Bang Your Head Festival in Germany that, that summer, that year. And it went out. It went off really well in front of the German audience, especially, you know, 10,000 people at that show watching us. So uh, I thought, well, man, we, you know, since we're headlining this this other fest, it's like our first, it was our first big headliner, you know, and we're like, we got it. We got to pull out something special here. So I thought for the encore, we would come out and do Entrance. And um, I knew... I knew Uli's agent pretty well. He was a good friend of mine. Um, and he, um, I had asked him before, I had actually run into Uli because we had played uh, another festival with him the year prior. And I had asked him if he would come out, oh, we do this great version of Entrance. Did you come out and play it? He's like, no way. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, forget it. Like, he's like, I, he's like, I'm going on stage right after you guys on this festival. Like, why would I come out early? and play my song with you guys. And I was like, yeah, fair point, you know? So, but you got to ask sometimes, right? If you don't ask, you don't get. So, so fast forward another year and a half, I guess. And, uh, you know, I just kept, I just kept pressuring my friend, like, you know, who represents him. I'm like, man, please, like, this would be amazing. And he's like, oh man, I know it would be amazing. I know it would. And I'm trying to convince him to do it, but he keeps asking why and then saying no. And I was like, man, like, what can we do for him? Like, you know, because he was living in the UK, but his mom lived in Hamburg where we were playing and the agency was in Hamburg. And, you know, he just basically convinced him that, hey, this is a cool young band. They've got stuff going on. They're like their sound is proper. They're like they're like what was what they're like, what's good in metal? Like they're like a throwback to what I mean, they're like carrying the torch of what it's all about they're not it's not like some modernized junk thing you're not going out there with corn you know like he just didn't know who we were and he had he just didn't care you know like he's got his own thing going on but uh you know like we we've got we bought him a plane ticket and a hotel like he, he agreed he basically agreed to come do it so we said we're gonna do we want to do entrance and then we want to do top of the bill and uh he's like all right cool so we're like, uh, <laughs> we're like, uh, yeah, okay, great. We've got, we've got things lined up. We're going to be there a few days early. We've got a rehearsal space lined up. So let's uh, figure out a time where we can meet up and run through these songs with you. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to rehearse. And we're like, uh, like, yeah, we should probably rehearse these, dude. You know, like, and he's like, no, no, it's cool. I'm just going to show up and do them. We're like, fuck. Okay, so uh, we got to figure out, like, you know, how is he doing? We've been playing it a certain way for a year and a half or whatever. So we start kind of listen to like 
his most recent live recording, you know, and just said, oh, and sure enough, you know, like he throws in an extra part in the chorus or like the solo goes twice as long. It's like, yeah, these are the things we need to know, you know, so so we're not up there like, you know, like like headlining this big festival. And then we come out and we shit the bed at the end of the night, you know, like you, you don't want to do that. So uh, anyway, uh, we <laughs> we. We, we kept waiting for him to show up and he was late and then he got lost and then he missed this one turn at the venue where like if you miss this turn it takes you basically a half an hour to get back around this big circle in the city so sure enough that happened we're about to go on and he shows up and he was really cool and he we just ran through the songs really quick backstage like just you know, like no gets obviously our guitars weren't plugged in or anything and our crew was setting up the stage. And so I didn't even have my guitar with me. They something was going on with it. And, uh, anyway, we was, I just, I just remember telling him and saying, okay, look, you need to stay back here. And like, cause he wanted to go test his guitar. Like before we went out, I'm like, no, 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 you can't just walk out on the stage right now. Like nobody knows you're here. You know, so like this is like a big reveal. It's like a it's like it's been a long weekend festival. We're headlining the final day and you're going to be the last thing that people see, like you coming out and playing with us. So we did. Um, if you listen to the live recording, um, you know, we 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 played for about 75 minutes and then this we, we left the stage and and the crowd is just like chanting like night demon, night demon. They, they're calling us for an encore. And so we come out, they quiet down a little bit because they see us coming out uh, that like we're about to start the song and then Uli comes out and then they're just like, what? Like people, people, the look on people's faces, like, what am I seeing? You know, like, like what, like, is this happening? Like how? Uh, but it was amazing. It really was like, we, we were pretty nervous, but, but we, we were prepared and we, Man, we pulled it off, and he was really happy. At the end of it, he was like, "Man, I I'm glad I did this, and I'm sorry." Well, I don't think he apologized, but he knew that he incorrectly like underestimated what we were doing as a band. And since then, you know, we've met up with him uh, in other countries and states when he's on tour and hung out on the bus, and it's it's all good, you know. So uh, you never know what can happen, right? You just got to go out there and ask, you know. Like you guys do interviews with people, you just ask to get them, and people show up, you know. So. You're right. What you said, you, you don't get unless you ask. And and a uh, quick question on Yuli. Um, he looks like he just walked off the the cover or back cover of Tokyo tapes. The guy looks the same, you know, was he really that cool? And just like, um, down to earth, just how, how'd he play? Uh, he played great, but he's like a wizard, you know, like he's like, there were like dream catchers hanging off his guitar and shit and jewels and yeah. shit. And like his bracelets were all bedazzled. And he's like, he's like a shaman, you know, like he's, he's just like a mystical creature. Like a lot of people describe it when they talk about what happened that night is that he like floated or like he glided onto the stage. Like it was like weird, you know, maybe cause he was wearing moccasins or something. <laughs> I don't know, but like, but, but no, he's just like a spacey guy, you know? And I don't think he's like really into drugs. He's just like, that's just his thing, man. You know, he's like, he's like Jimi Hendrix, you know, like, he's just like, Hey man, you know, like he's just, he's just, He's in it for the trip, you know. He's he's in it for the art. He's not 
he's you know he's like you you can't compare him to like anybody else that's that's still in the scorpions you know like he lives a totally different kind of life than than guys like that you know like it's it's he's not trying to he's not he's not faking it yeah i'm not saying those guys are but like he's he's uh he's he's the he's the he's in it for the art you know huge scorpion fan you know, that's one of those bands that, um, you know, the first four or five albums, a completely different chapter that is just fantastic. It's great, great band. I got a chance to see him um, about five years ago at our local theater here. It's about a thousand seats, which was nice. and Everything was uh, very close. And uh, I noticed I can testify for the Dreamcatchers on the guitar. I was kind of <laughs> wondering about that. But like you said, he's he's almost like a shaman. And depending on how that mood is, he seems to always, it's the way he's going to play those songs. And it might be he's going to throw in an extra uh, solo in there. Or I think it's just all by feel and what he happens to be feeling as he's playing that particular night. Because the next night, if you saw him, it's going to be probably completely different. But it was a great yeah. show. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I can, I can concur with that. Um, but you know, as far as we were like, that's why our quick run through backstage, I was just like, look, like, this is how it's going to go. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we, you know, we, we've learned it to your most, like basically a recording that you did in Japan, like two months ago. Okay. So he was, he was pretty stoked on that. He's like, okay, yeah, that's pretty, like, that's pretty fresh. I can get with that. You know, it's not like we're trying to do the Tokyo tapes version. Cause he probably hasn't played it like that in decades. Yeah, yeah. So sure. Um, yeah, just the, the, just the structure, you know, I mean, he can play, he can do whatever he wants over it, you know, but we got to, you know, we got to have the same stops and the breaks and, you know, I just recommend everybody go and check it out. Um, on you, you can watch a video of it on YouTube, Night Demon in Trance with Uli John Roth. Uh, plus, Night Demon also has a podcast that runs every Friday. And episode two, you can go back to it, is a, is a 90 minute episode talking about that night and everybody that was there and everybody that was around. And it's got a bunch of that's that's the that'll give you the full story on it. So, a lot of info out there on that. But what's the best way for people to? stay in touch with Sirith Ungle and the Night Demon and your, um, you know, your, uh, the Iron Grip management. Yeah. I mean, usually I just like to plug the bands, um, you know, Sirith Ungle, Night Demon. I mean, yeah. you can find us on well, nightdemon.net is our website. That'll take you everywhere to our podcast and to all the socials, anywhere you want to listen to the band. So nightdemon.net and, um, Actually, I would recommend going to theheavymetalstore.com. That store is the merch site for all the bands that I manage, everything on my record label. And for Sirith Ungle, Night Demon, and everything, it's, there's a lot of great stuff on that site. Um, and then, you know, everybody's on Facebook and Instagram, right? Yeah. So it's pretty easy to just follow that stuff. Don't worry, the algorithm won't even tell you what we're doing. So uh, just, just you can go to our website at nightdemon.net, sign up on the mailing list. And, you know, we send out email blasts every week. So Southern Kale, any parting shots before we let Jarvis get back to enjoying his day? I'd like to just ask you, um, we talked, you talked a little bit about the bands that were, were your influence. Um, any new bands that you're listening to now that you happen to like? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of, there's a, there's a lot of cool, 
new stuff. Like I would say like relatively new, um, man, there's so many I could list off, uh, Visigoth haunt, um, unto others, bewitcher midnight, uh, you know, enforcer. They're not, they're not a brand new band, but I got to give them credit. I mean, they were like one of the first bands to come out like, uh, and do the whole new wave of traditional heavy metal thing, you know, like they're kind of like the at the forefront of the night demons, like of our generation of bands. Yeah, they're from, they're from uh, Sweden. But, I played, them, played right. them the other night, too. Right. I would I would just you know what I would recommend anybody who loves heavy metal. Right. Look up N.W.O.T.H.M. So it's not it's not like new wave of British heavy metals N.W.O.B.H.M. N-W-O-T-H-M, New Wave of Traditional Heavy Metal. It's just kind of like a coin of this. It's the subgenre that's, you know, some journalists kind of coined this new scene as that's been happening since like uh, probably 2007, 2008 until now. And there's actually a friend of mine, Anderson Tiago. Uh, he's a Brazilian guy who's living in the Netherlands. He's got a YouTube channel. Um, called uh, it's new wave of tradition traditional heavy metal full albums and i mean i would just recommend going there or just looking up that acronym that's you're gonna go down a rabbit hole and find there are so many current new young heavy metal bands around the world that are extremely good they are amazing there are a lot of them <laughs> it's it's amazing it's incredible I mean, really, it's it's so it's so cool, you know. Like, I'm honored that that Night Demon is part of the was one of the bands that kicked this whole like uh, renaissance off. You know, I mean, that's I'm still riding high on that. That you know, when we started in Southern California ten years ago, we did not have any ambitions whatsoever. We did not know about the subculture around the world and it just exploded like wildfire and it's growing. It's burning hotter each day. And I just highly recommend anybody just check that out. There are so many bands and these bands are touring. They're putting out records. Things are happening. It's not, these aren't garage bands. So, but there's hundreds of them. It's, it's amazing. You know, it really is. What's your, um, I know you have a connection with uh, the band Bewitcher. Is that correct? Yeah. I managed them for quite a while. Um, and, um, you know, just kind of took, took them under my wing for a while, got them, got them their last couple record deals and tours and stuff. And, um, Armand, again, our, uh, guitar player in night demon, uh, produced their last two records. So, all right. Well, the release half past human comes out tomorrow on metal blade Jarvis Letherby. Thanks for the time, man. We, uh, enjoy spreading the word and we learned a lot, you know, it's uh, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I always enjoy good conversations about metal. So thank you guys. It was nice, nice just 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 hanging out, you know. So thank you. Thank you, Jarvis. All right, see you guys. All right. Take care, buddy. Metal for Life. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE-DB Radio.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 